We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Welcome to Transformative Principle. Here we are, episode 501, and this is the first podcast that we're doing where we're really diving into coaching with Eric. And I'm not going to lie, I think it's pretty good. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. What he started talking about is having not having a lack of control of his time. And as a principal, you totally get that, right? You are constantly putting out fires, even if you've done the work you need to do to be a leader and not just putting out fires. And that's where Eric is. He's done the ideal week that you can find at transformativeprincipal.org slash ideal week, which is a great way to get things started. And that's a good first step. The next part of it that we're going to talk and why this is called advanced time strategies. What did I call this? Advanced time management techniques is because we go a little bit deeper and talk about some other things. And I really think we came up with some good ideas. So three strategies that we're going to talk about through this coaching is strategy number one, just add more time to whatever meetings you're having and schedule that time in and plan on it going long. Don't have to tell everybody else that's what you're doing, but do that for your own calendar at the very least. We'll give you more details about that in the interview. The second one is that sometimes people respond to things as though they are more urgent than they actually need to be. And so the second strategy is to train the staff to say, you seem upset. What's the best way to contact you when he gets back at this time? And that is a good thing to do as well. And then the third strategy is to actually schedule your time to go get drive-bys that people have. Schedule time to be 
responsive to people's needs. Schedule time to go just see what people want to throw on your plate. It happens anyway, so why not just schedule time to make it happen? So those are the three strategies that we talk about, and this is a great coaching conversation. I hope that you enjoy it. Um, If you want to talk more about this or want to get some of this coaching for yourself, uh, just reach out to me at Jethro Jones on Twitter. 8017 Jethro is my phone number. Would love to talk to you more about it. And uh, this was a great conversation with Eric. I hope you enjoy it. And we will see you when this is over. One thing that is uh, exciting about this conversation today is that this is episode 501 of the podcast, which is um, kind of a a fun place to start with, with you taking over and starting to do things. And, you know, like I mentioned before, we have a bunch of podcast already recorded but uh but this is our first official coaching um type call so um so it's kind of cool that it's episode 501 i think that's that's neat and i'm pretty excited about it and um i'm just excited to be chatting with you because it's fun <laughs> so yeah so aside from the the bell system what is uh what's on your mind today well, I think you've noticed in the few times you've tried to get in touch with me lately that I'm struggling with managing my time and I know how to do it. I've done your um, ideal day. I've done the Eisenhower matrix. Like I, I know how to do that. And being new, I'm just running into, you know, the old principle as a building manager, putting out fires type of situations where, you know, that's what people kind of expect. It's like, Hey, I need you to take care of this. Hey, go look into this and trying to have boundaries with that so that you can follow through and do what you said you're going to do and be where you're supposed to be, but also respect kind of the, I guess the culture here of how that's always been. Mm-hmm. Like if, if someone needs you, like you should be just sitting in your office if you're not there, it's like, where is he? What's he doing? Yeah. How can he be doing anything more important than my emergency right now? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's, I mean, you've noticed that I was late, you know, just last Friday trying to, trying to log into a meeting that I asked you to schedule and I pick the time yeah. on the day when there's no kids here. And it's like, I was still 17 minutes late because because of that, just, you know, management type yeah. request stuff. So, so what have you, what have you done to prevent that so far? Like, well, I'm trying to start with our office team, secretaries mm-hmm. and principals. We've got two principals, two secretaries. So, you know, as much as we can having stuff scheduled into our Google calendar, and then we sat down and shared those with each other so that without having to ask or call or check if, if somebody stops by and says, Hey, where's Mr. McKelkey? We can all see, Oh, he's in classrooms or he's in an IEP or whatever. So that, that was the first thing, but I've learned there's like another level where you can, you can share that with people and let them know, Hey, this is where I'm going to be. But when someone comes down and says, where's the principal, I need the principal. It's like a whole nother skill that we have to learn to just, 
confidently say, hey, they're not available right now. They'll be back at this time. Would you like to leave a message? Would you like him to schedule a time with you? But I can tell that's a new thing, a new thing here. Yeah. So let's separate these two things out because what you said is important. There's the the act of sharing calendars and saying, this is where I'm at. There's also the act of actually being in those places when you say you're going to be. And then there's also the the relationship and the conversation about whether or not we actually follow through on that and, and then yeah. what we do then. So there are three distinct things all around the same topic, and I think that's really important. So it sounds like having shared calendars, like that's an easy technical skill that just needs to exist. And it sounds like the secretaries and the other uh the assistant principal are doing that. Is that right? They're looking at yep. the calendars and saying he's not here. Yeah. Good. So that's, that's a good first step. I think the next thing is, um, is you actually being in those places, looking over your last week's calendar. How often are you starting and ending different meetings on time? You yourself, not anybody else, but just you. As far as formal things like meetings, I, I mean, I would, unless there's an absolute something's on fire, there's no excuse for being late. And so that hasn't happened like within the building, but examples of like trying to meet with you or more informal meetings, I, I've been habitually behind the schedule and shown up late and trying to text people like, hey, I'm on my way. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd give myself a D minus. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Yeah. So why do you think that is? A lot of times between when I leave the office and, and let someone know like, Hey, I'm heading upstairs to do walkthroughs between walking out of here and getting to where I'm going, getting stopped, ask questions. Hey, I need help. I need this. You know what I mean? Like just kind of those, I call them drive-bys. So the drive-bys are preventing you from getting to places on time. And is our meetings going longer than you anticipate as well? Somewhat, but we're we're trying to be really tight on, as a district, our, we're focusing on PLCs and one of our norms for every collaborative team is start and end on time. But being a new principal kind of reminds me of being a new teacher when your pacing is a little off and you look at a lesson, you're like, Oh, that'll take 10 minutes. And it doesn't. Um, but we're, we're still trying to hold to starting and ending on time just to respect people's time. Good. I think ending on time is all fine and dandy, but nobody ever complains about ending early. Right. And so one of the simple strategies that you can do is add 15 or 30 minutes to every meeting and just plan on them taking longer than they actually do. That way you don't have to be as stressed about finishing. And that's, that's a significant way for you to manage your time and give yourself a little bit of a buffer as well. Um, so, you know, I use this Calendly uh, scheduling tool and I always have buffers built in after those meetings that nobody can schedule something uh, within 15 minutes after any other meeting, because I don't, I always want to have time that there's always a, a blank space for, you know, one, just going to the bathroom, right? 
<laughs> but then also anything else that needs to happen, you know, a drive by on the way is not as big a deal if you are if if you know you have time to get to the next meeting. So that would be something that I'd encourage you to do, especially now starting that however long you think you should be meeting with somebody or do something, you just plan on, you just add an extra 15 or 30 minutes, depending on what makes sense for that particular meeting. What do you think about that as a first step um, in, in helping with that? I think that's a great idea. I'm going to start doing it today. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> You're right though. Cause you know, looking at like a, we had a staff meeting on Friday and you know, if you think it's going to take an hour, put on the calendar hour and 30 minutes or hour and 15. And that way it's, it's not about the time. It should be, we get the work done, plan out what we had to plan out, disseminate what we had to disseminate. And then we should be done. Yeah. Like that, that ending time should be like at an absolute last resort. If we can't finish, this is when we need to stop the meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and if you stop it early, you know, Everybody's going to be like, oh, I have a bonus 15 minutes. I can handle that. You know, nobody's going to be bothered by that. But as soon as you go over, then people are going to be stressed and frustrated that the other things they need to do are not being accomplished. And, you know, that's that's no good. Now, if you make a faculty meeting an hour and a half for everybody else, then how does that change expectations and norms and things that are already happening in your district? How does it change them? Yeah. So like, do you have, like, is that going to cause a bunch of trouble if you are now scheduling Fox meeting for an hour and a half instead of an hour? No. Why not? Because we're still starting and ending on time, which is our norm. Like I think being done early and just planning, dedicating more time is going to help me get more organized and be ready at the start of each meeting. and it's a win for everybody else. Like, Oh, I didn't count on this planning time, grading time, whatever time. So I think that that's within what we're trying to do as a district. Yeah. I, I think that's good too. Some people will be like, what is this? Why are we meet for an hour and a half instead of an hour that there may be some complaints. And the other part of this is that you don't have to share that that's how long you're scheduling the meeting with everybody, but that's how much time you're booking for yourself. So yeah. there are two strategies to doing that. One is tell everybody this means now an hour and a half instead of an hour, or just tell your own calendar this meeting is an hour and a half instead of an hour. And you're not available for the next meeting until 10.30 instead of 10 when you usually would have been, for example. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Um, so you have something very unique in your district also where um, – Fridays are different than in most schools. Will you explain that a little bit so that we can understand that? Because that I think is going to add into this as well in just a minute. Yeah. So there's three different colors of Fridays on our calendar. Red ones mean no staff, no students, which I couldn't believe it. But it also means like administrators, building administrators are not expected to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Um, Ooh, that sounds like a great day. <laughs> it does. And, and, you know, but like the first one of the year, I came in all day to get ready for stuff and still didn't feel organized. So mm -hmm. um, I guess ideally those would be a day off, but we're not there yet. So those are red. Um, blue Fridays 
our staff are here from eight to noon and kids can either come of their own free will or be required to come from nine to 11. Failing grades, making up work, miss class or a behavior um, consequence. And then the third color are Black Fridays, which are eight to four full day um, staff in service. So when we do district wide things like PLC training, um, curriculum work, school safety training, those are just days the district kind of protects and lets staff know that you know we're not going to approve leave requests and this is relevant to everybody K-12. Usually the training is done as a whole district. So it's kind of nice to... I like the idea, um, trying to differentiate, like take some Fridays off for staff, but have about 10, 10 a year that are relevant full day PD and some half days with kids in between. Yeah. One thing that's, that's interesting here is that because you have this day where you can do meetings and meet with teachers, then your meeting time with teachers becomes more important, I think, to have that those firm limits. Most of the time, you only have the teacher's prep period to work on things, right? And right. so most of the time you don't have unlimited time, but I can see how in your specific case, Fridays could become those days where it could take, you know, a whole, you could fill your day with meetings very easily, even on the day that teachers uh, only have to be there age 12, right? That they could, they could want to meet with you after that time, which is fine if they want to do that. But that's, you know, time that uh, that could easily get away from you and not be focused. I, I could see how that would be very easy to happen. Is that part of what you're seeing that these Fridays are are giving you more time to meet with teachers, which can be a good thing, but then also makes it more difficult to get all the meetings in you need to? Yes. And that's what happened uh, last Friday when I was trying to meet with you. Because it was a half day, a blue Friday. So a lot of staff PLCs meet on those Fridays because it's like we're not trying to find common planning or after school time. It's before kids show up for Friday school. Well, I went to two or three of them that morning and you, I walked out of every one with a list of, hey, this content area has these questions about curriculum. This content area asked for these assessment results this content area needs help with the technology thing and you you just go from you know meeting to meeting and your your list of things you need grows exponentially mm -hmm. yeah and that seems like an appropriate place though for those requests to come up right yeah so yeah so that's not that's not a bad thing or something that's not working that that's actually working and ideally that would be then reducing the drive-bys that would happen because you have that time set aside to do that so is your time scheduled to be in those plcs with them or is your time scheduled to be floating around among each of them i i've just asked each um plc facilitator like the the leader of the content area to invite me to all of those. And then I've told them all always either accept the calendar invite or hit no, if I can't make it. And that way they know ahead of time, if I'll be there. Okay. Gotcha. So, so you're basically going to be pulled in a bunch of different directions all the time for this. Yeah. Right? And I tried to be proactive with that because 
I know start of the year, you're always optimistic about, you know, your schedule and your day-to-day duties, especially being new. So one thing that I, I stole from somebody else's in our PLC agenda template that I shared with our different PLC teams, there's a quick uh, Google form that they submit a link to their agenda and then they mark yes or no that they had an admin question or need help. And that way I get an email after they meet whether I'm there or not. And they know if they mark yes, we have a question for admin that I'll read that first, get an answer first and get back to them as soon as I can. Some of it may just be them seeing that I'll actually show up and fall through. Yeah. You know, I may not be used to that yet. Yeah. Is he really serious about this? Let's test it out. Even if they're not saying that, right. They're still wondering it. And, and you want to be sure to follow through on that stuff. Before we move on, let's hear from our sponsors. Okay. So the other, the other aspect of this, we talked about two parts of it already, um, adding extra time. And then we didn't talk about training your staff to, to respond appropriately. What do you think needs to happen there with your secretaries and your assistant principal? What are the challenges you're seeing, I should say, that is preventing them from doing that? I think it's just a new thing because when people come in, whether it's a student, staff, parent, the superintendent, whoever, if they come in and just say, hey, I want to talk to the principal, the expectation has been, yeah, he's right here. Here you go. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of new and uncomfortable. But I think just giving them the confidence, hey, this is what you tell someone if they stop by and one of us is not in our office because we're somewhere else on the calendar. Hey, they're not available. This is when they'll be back. If you'd like me to leave a message, I'll make sure they get back with you when they're done with their meeting or their classroom time or whatever. So what, uh, what have you done as far as training with them to say, this is how you should be handling it? Well, I didn't do any at the start of the year. Okay. I assume. <laughs> and then, and then I, you know, one of our secretaries was like, Hey, this is what happened. And they came down and they demanded, you know, the principal or assistant principal and and i wasn't sure what to tell them it's like hey even if they're mad even if they're it doesn't really matter who they are we just give them the same respectful answer they're not available till this time and it's one of those things like you have a rule and then people wonder like well what if they're really mad does that mean i can just tell them to have a seat in your office and you'll be right there well if it's an emergency like someone's in you know, at risk of being harmed or something like that. Sure. But if it's not an emergency, just be calm, be respectful. Hey, they'll be back at this time. I'll make sure they get back to you. Yeah. And almost nothing is really an emergency, by the way. I mean, there's very few things that really are like, we need someone right this second. And in my opinion, if it's really like that, then you're probably going to be taking some school-wide action to deal with that situation. Like like a lockdown or lockdown shelter in place, something like that. Because, you know, if, if a good example, I had a student once who had a, um, a, a diabetic reaction and we had to call the ambulance. And so we put the school in shelter in place uh, so that the student could have privacy and the ambulance could come 
could get her and take her away and there weren't like a bunch of kids in the hallway when that was happening because then everybody just gets nosy and wants to know what's going on. And so that kind of a thing, that was only with one student, but it did affect the whole entire school because we needed to react right at that moment. And that's just something that, you know, we just got to deal with sometimes. But other things, like if somebody's really upset about something and and they're just angry, uh, honestly, almost all the time, it's better for them to cool down before you actually get together and meet. And and so those are those are wise things to do. What are the challenges you see your staff having with that idea of giving a respectful answer? He's not available. He'll be back at this time. What what are the challenges you see your staff facing with that? Why wouldn't they do that? I, I think if the person requesting a meeting is angry, that they kind of default to like, oh, we better keep them happy. You know, we better appease this person because they're angry. Or if it's, you know, I think that's the number one thing I've seen is like when someone calls and is, you know, calm and, hey, I just had a question for an administrator that that seems to be pretty consistently handled. But if it's like someone who's upset, it's almost like, wait a minute. Well, what about this person? Because they're really mad. I I think it's kind of like an intimidation factor almost. Yeah. Um, You know, it's a lot more challenging, I guess, to tell an angry person like, sorry, they're not available right now versus someone who says, hey, this isn't urgent. No big deal. Those kind of people are pretty easy to to tell that, hey, they'll be back with you at this time. Yeah. And, and I think intimidation is one way to put it. And I think there's definitely an aspect to that. The other way to put it that I, I think adds to it as well is that they are in a customer service position and they want to serve people. And when people are upset, they want to make sure those concerns are resolved as soon as possible. And I think a, a little wrinkle to add to it to help them would be to say something along the lines of, you seem very upset about this, or you seem very angry, or you seem like this is a really important thing to you. I want to make sure that Eric gets back to you as soon as possible. What's the best way for him to reach you when he comes back? Mm-hmm. Something that that shows empathy for the position that the other person is in, so that they feel like they're being heard, because that is often the very first thing that you can do to to diffuse an angry situation is make sure the person is heard and then give a way to make sure they know that you, that they will be a priority for you when you get back. What do you think about that? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And then they, I know that's always something that especially parents wonder, like if they call or stop by and leave a message, is anyone ever going to follow up? Cause I'm, I'm sure there's been times where people haven't. And so telling them that, that, Hey, I can tell you're upset. This is important to you. I'll make sure they follow up. You know, is this the best number to call or whatever would help them realize like, Oh, they take this seriously. And I will get, I will get a call back on this. That's a great idea. Yeah. And a couple of things that you can do is you can say, I will call you back at this specific time when he's in the office and get him and, and either get him connected to you or tell you why he's not able to deal with it right this moment. Uh, adding that piece in saying at four o'clock, I'll call you and tell you what's going on or I will connect you with him so that you have some follow through. Those are really little things that can make a really big difference to the people who are frustrated and upset. 
Okay, so the third thing that I want to talk about, and then we'll wrap this up. What are the proactive things that you can do to prevent these things that are keeping you late in meetings and making you run over and making you late? What are some proactive things you can do to prevent this from happening? Well, I try and find quiet time daily outside the school day to get the management stuff done, emails, forms, all that kind of basically office busy work to try and be more available and get in classrooms more. But there's only so much of that that I can do and still have a marriage and a family. That's right. That That's one. I try and do some regular stuff that maybe traditionally is in a staff meeting that could easily be in an email. Mm-hmm. So I send out, it's a Todd Whitaker thing, like the Friday memo with just your basic information, dates, deadlines, upcoming events, things like that to try and get that stuff out there in a way that doesn't require a meeting or questions and people asking. Um, a big one that I learned from a great secretary years ago was all the reasons why staff come down to the office. They always want to know like, Hey, can you share this with me? Can I get this? So we made a thing we call it the master doc that has like all of the pertinent information, schedules, staff info, computer information, sports, all the stuff, handbooks that we just share with our staff to try and empower them. Like here, everybody has the information they need and there shouldn't be any questions about where's this at or what's the bell schedule look like that should all be shared with everybody so that they can see it without having to email call or stop by. Good. Those, those sound like really good things to do, making sure people have information, making sure that it's communicated out so that the drive-bys are not um, happening as much. Uh, quiet time outside of school hours, I think is, is good. But at the same time, that has to be very limited because you you have to be a husband and a father and you already are going to have you know supervision and things like that that are going to take away from that so a lot of people say you know i what do they say people people during the day paperwork at night and i do not subscribe to that belief i do not think that is a healthy way for you to live your life as a school principal and um And so I don't think that you should be, you know, emailing at night after the kids go to bed, for example. Personally, I just don't think that that's a a winning way to to lead your life. And I think that it causes people to be burned out and causes marriages to crumble and kids to resent their dads and their moms. And that's just not a good idea. So that has to be limited. You know, you, you probably do have to do some time outside of work, but that should be limited as much as possible. And I really believe that you should have that time at work, be time at work and time at home, be time at home. And this is a really hard thing for a lot of people to get um, because they feel like they have to be constantly responsive. And so I'm saying this for you, but also because I know a lot of people who are listening are struggling with this right now, especially at the beginning of the school year. Um, this is coming out the first Sunday in October. And, you know, some people have just been at this a month and are already starting to feel like they don't have enough time in the day. So this is really important. Um, 
you've got to set boundaries. And what I would say is that you go to school and end, leave school, and that's when you do your work. And if that means you stay a little bit later um, or go in a little bit earlier, if you have to have that quiet time, then do that. But your your hours of work should be at work, and then at home, you should be at home and be present. And honestly, even if you live by yourself, you should still be at home doing stuff for you, not working more. So one other proactive thing that I think you could do is that you could do a lap around your school every single morning and intentionally schedule time to pick up drive-bys at certain times throughout the day. You're laughing. Why are you laughing? Tell me more. It's an awesome idea that happens on accident if you don't do it intentionally that's right it's a great idea did you have a name for this uh you know i i should have a name for it but i i would use as a principal the time pretty much until lunch to just be going around picking up drive-bys that was pretty much what i did i do classroom observations but i also spend a lot of time going into teachers classrooms during their prep period and just checking in not distracting or taking away from what they were doing, but just saying, did you need anything today? I'm, what, what's on your mind? And then they'd be able to say, this is what's going on. And you could get those things and intentionally, I, I mean, we can call them intentional drive-bys. That sounds like a good name to start. Maybe I'll come up with a better name later. I'm not sure. But, but something that you say, I'm definitely going to go find these issues. One of the things I heard teachers say all the time was, I sent you this email did you did you look at it and i always say no i don't check my email till the afternoon what was it about can we solve it right here and then a lot of times people would say did you check your email and i'd say no and they'd say okay well just forget it i already figured it out and a lot of times you know solving that problem beforehand really can happen if we if we allow it to so i think that's a a fun strategy to just go get those drive-bys at a certain time each day and just block off an hour to go cruise around the campus and to see what people need. And that's, that's an easy way for you to, <laughs> to just pick up that stuff that's going to happen anyway. But if you can get it then, then that's all well and good. And, you know, you can call it that, you know, put it on your calendar and if your staff sees your calendar, they can see Eric's going to be do- doing drive-bys um, during this hour today. And that's when I can bug him for something. How do you think something like that would work? Well, I think it does work because if you're not getting your lap around until the last period, people are going to catch you then. So it, mm-hmm. that's a great idea to be intentional and put it put it in your calendar, knowing it's not for collecting data or doing walkthroughs or checking on subs or the other morning stuff, but literally just making a lap, being visible, being approachable. If something comes up, people need. Yeah. So uh, we talked about three strategies today. Uh, The first strategy was add 15 to 30 minutes or however long you think it should be to each meeting. The second strategy was for your staff to say, you seem upset. What's the best way to contact you when he gets back at this time? And this third strategy is to do intentional drive-bys, schedule time to go be visible with, with people and get the things that they need. Um, with those three things, how does that help you navigate and decide what you need to be focusing on next? Well, I think the thing we haven't talked about is me. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. These are all external strategies, but the truth is there's things that 
I have to be more consistent with. And just like when the secretary was getting attacked by an angry walk-in feels like, Oh, I got to make time for this. I do the same thing. If I'm Mm -hmm. on my way to a meeting, somebody asked me a question, I need to be consistent with how I handle that and not create more problems for myself. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share why we didn't focus on that. Um, Because uh, sometimes the, my thought process is not clear to everybody. I mean, I thought it, so everybody else was thinking it too, right? (laughs) Um, The reason why I didn't focus on that this time is because you, you're being pulled in a hundred different directions and there's always a fire to put out. And so without some other strategies built in to catch some of that firefighting, um, you, I don't think that you are even capable I don't mean that in a bad way. You just have a million things going on. And so without some strategies to help deflect some of those things, you're not even going to be capable of doing that yet because you're not going to see, well, if I go walk around for an hour, I'm going to collect all these things. And then I'm going to see that that is taking care of that piece. Now, you still have to be true to yourself and have integrity and say, I'm on my way to a meeting. You can walk with me. Or uh, we can schedule a time, or you can email me. Any of those things work. But this is where I'm going and what I'm doing. And because you don't have any of these other places set up to catch these things, then that would be very hard to do as well. Does that make sense? Yep. It's proactive systems. Yeah. Putting systems in place so that you you can be a dummy. You're not a dummy, but sometimes you need to act like one, right? Was it your first book, School X, that talked about the history of firefighters? Uh, I don't know. You're the one who's so good at quoting my books back to me. So <laughs> I haven't, I haven't double checked this, but I think it was in your book you talked about how the fire departments were overwhelmed with fire calls, and they were constantly just getting called out the fires that they had to come up with a proactive system. Was that you? Was that your book? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know, but I can't, I can't wait to find out if it is because this, this would then be the second time you have quoted something directly from my book back to me, but that does not sound familiar to me. It might've been a Todd Whitaker book, but that, that was the motivation behind having like fire districts and having um, like a centralized place to call in because I think it was in Chicago like different departments would pull up with their wagon and someone was already there or the police were there or the hospital was there. And it's, it was just really messy and inefficient. And that's kind of how I've felt to start the school year is like the time I get to an email, Oh no, so-and-so already took care of it. Okay. You know, we can be more proactive and, and set these things up. So those are great strategies we were going to yeah. practice. I've already got morning. Uh, I call that morning drive-by lap on my calendar Awesome. Good. And your uh, uh, phone or walk-in response written down. We're going to practice. So thank you. Those help. Yeah. Well, good. So this is pretty fun. I'm glad that we're doing this. And I think this is going to add a, a new wrinkle to the podcast. As people watch you grow up in this position over the course of this year, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Thanks, Jethro. You're welcome. So typically we ask a question at the end of what's one thing that a principal can do to be a transformative principal like you, but I think we're going to go back to our mastermind ending 
uh, question with with the end of this podcast, which is what was most valuable to you today? From all we talked about, what's the thing that to you is like, this is what I need to do. It doesn't need to be something that I said, but can be a revelation or inspiration that you had that'll work too. Well, if I had to pick one thing, it's your morning drive-by lap. Like, I know that's what happens. And I know when I am up and and visible in the building, that's when you get those things. So why have I not thought of like, be proactive and schedule that and just do it instead of waiting until if or when you have time, like such a simple solution to something that can frustrate you. Yeah, you know, That's great. I ne- I've never heard of a principal doing that, but I'm starting tomorrow. Okay, there we go. I'm excited to hear how it goes. And next time we'll talk about how that went and what you learned from it and talk about what other, whatever other things you've got on your plate. Awesome. Thanks, Jethro. Have a great week. You too. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.